This is Let's Talk About from Style Canada. And let me tell you, we're talking. Let's face it, we talk a lot. We talk about things we love, hot topics, and anything in between. But what about the things we don't talk about? What about the things we want to know but don't know how to ask? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Let's expand our horizons. Let's talk about it. Hi, all, and welcome. This week, we're talking about size inclusivity with Hillary McMillan. Canadian fashion designer and creator of her namesake line, Hillary has focused her design on leading the affordable, cruelty-free, and size-inclusive women's wear space. Her signature pieces include trench coats, bomber jackets, and high-waisted sets. Once upon a time, Hillary attended UBC and subsequently trained at the Blanche McDonald Fashion School, refining her skills to become a technical women's wear designer. Holding her passion and values close to her heart, Hillary has continued to consider women's issues and animal welfare, keeping these ideals woven into the fabric of her brand. Hillary, it's so nice to see you again today. Thanks for being here with us. Thanks for having me. Really excited for today. Yeah. Yeah, us too. It's been a little while. I think the last time I saw you was probably like 10 months ago when we when things were a little... (laughs) A little bit better. Yeah. A little bit better that, yeah, that brief period. And I think, gosh, what would you have seeing fall winter I think it yeah. was like hall a holiday capsule and yeah and it was such yeah. always been a fan so excited to have you here okay. I'd love you know I know I started giving a little bit of a bio but I'd love to hear kind of your story in your own words I know you grew up in the U.S. or sorry you were born in the U.S. right but then came over to Canada Ontario then BC so yeah tell us a little bit about that journey yeah, so I was born in the United States. I only lived there till I was three. So I've pretty much lived in Canada my whole life. Um, very much part of my identity, but I still get the perks of being an American citizen, which right now just appears to be I can go over the border easily. Um, but then I lived in Ontario, uh, outside of Toronto, Richmond Hill, and then moved into Toronto for high school and then went to university out in BC, um, where I went to UBC for poli sci economics, which to me was what I was going to do with my life. So I thought I was going to be a lawyer or do some kind of like political things or be able to look at campaigns because me in my early 20s was obsessed with politics and that's kind of all I ever spoke about uh and then when I got into my third year I just couldn't see my future going in that direction anymore so I kind of pivoted and I I finished I graduated and got my degree and then I was kind of like what's next what's what what am I interested in? so I took a beat and kind of thought about it and Blanche McDonald had a program Um, And I've always been interested in fashion and art. My mom's an artist. I grew up kind of always around uh, doing things that are really creative. So I've always been interested in fashion. I was sewing a little bit just kind of on the side from my friends and for myself. And this program was only a year long and it was a more of a technical program, not so much kind of um, a four year college degree. Um, I didn't want to commit to that just in case it wasn't something I wanted to do. Uh, And I loved it. I fell in love with it. I fell in love with like the math behind pattern drafting and all the kind of like things that you don't see that fashion is, um, the nitty gritty of it. Cause everyone kind of thinks this industry is very glamorous and like all fashion shows, but it is not, it is a lot of late nights. I laugh at that. So yeah. like, it's not at all. No. <laughs> and like, it appears that way. Cause like there are cool parties, but that's kind of, you know, a very, like less than 10% of the whole job. So I fell in love with that. And then my sister actually asked me to move back to Toronto to help her open a jewelry store. So I agreed to do that. And I kind of was ready to come back uh, home. And that's kind of where it all started. And then I did that for three or four years. And then I started just as like, 
of my own line. Let's just do this. And I was, you know, 25, 26 around there and uh, kind of dived in head first. I was lucky because the biggest problem for young designers, especially this was like before Instagram and before Facebook was like a thing and before everyone kind of had their own websites. And the biggest thing um, is getting into stores is the hardest, getting your product in front of people. It's a little bit different now how people interact with their customers, but back in 2012, 2013, that's kind of how it was. Uh, so I was lucky that I had a store and she was willing to put my stuff in there. So that's kind of where it all started and it snowballed from there. And here we are. That's, yeah, that's true. It's, I mean, first of all, I think it's really interesting that you don't have a similar journey to what I hear sometimes from other designers in terms of like, not to say that you're not creative by any means, but you kind of seem to have approached it by this like scientific math mind and like with the, with the pattern making and things like that more so than maybe other designers journeys, which I think is really kind of unique and interesting. And also you hit the nail on the head, which I, you know, obviously have thought of, but not in the context of a designer and that what a different time to be launching a brand. Like you would have had to work with like account executives and wholesale and, you know, and now we see so many direct to consumer brands out there and, I mean, majority actually there's the probably the majority are direct to consumer, right. And owning their own channels. I don't know the stat, but yeah, especially now with the pandemic and kind of retail locations being closed for forever and access to getting your goods into stores. Also, you know, a lot of larger stores maybe don't have the budgets right now to take on new brands or to try new smaller uh, designers, which is a shame in my opinion, but it's a reality. So, you know, direct consumer is kind of the way to go. And honestly, if I was restarting out in now, that's kind of where I would go, kind of controlling your minimums, producing what you want to produce. Um, it gets a little bit more tricky because you don't have dedicated money from wholesale. If you're not doing that, which is tough, yeah. but you don't get the wholesale money to ship the goods anyway. So it's not like you get yeah. it up front, but yeah, well, direct to consumer. What I love about your brand though, too, is you really, what strikes me the most is you seem to have thought of any kind of, you seem to be right for the time, I guess, right? And where we're talking about size inclusivity, we're talking about, you know, cruelty-free, we're using vegan leathers, like all those biodegradable materials, but you were doing that way before. Can you tell <laughs> What made you kind of go into those areas and explore those areas? Um, tell us a little more about that. So for the cruelty-free aspect, um, it really has been, you know, a kind of a self journey as well. Like I am no means, you know, a size two or six or whatever. So it's always been something that I've been interested in. I wanted to do um, and expand on. Uh, I think I needed to be in the right space in the right time. So I'm lucky I was able to start doing it for spring 2020, that collection. And then we did it for a couple of years earlier with our varsity jackets. And then I've, I've spoken about this a bunch of times, but I wasn't taught patterns larger than a size 14 and size 12 in school. Um, it kind of wasn't anything that we were ever like taught about. None of my books really reference how to like grade up to that sizing. So it's been a lot of like self-discovery and kind of figuring out how to make patterns, but for larger bodies and, you know, reading a lot of different books and talking to people and doing like a million fittings. So it's really been kind of a journey for us here, especially. So that's kind of when we got to the point in 2020, when we were able to uh, launch it fully. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing is, you know, it launches in 2020, but we've been doing it since 2018. But we don't get to announce it. So fashion is just so we like work a year ahead, but yeah, it's always been something that I wanted to do. I want to be there for more women. I think Plus, women want to dress beautifully and they want to dress well. And, and I think it's a big 
miss for brands not to kind of embrace that or even kind of dip their foot in it. I think uh, also the big conversation in the plus space is, uh, you know, you can't just make plus size clothing, expect plus size customers to come to you. Like that's just not a reality of life. So you need to really market yourself to them and show them what you have and, you know, talk about your fits and be really open. Um, so we're lucky that we were able to do that. And so kind of went hand in hand with it being able to start going more into larger sizes. And then for cruelty free, uh, I was a vegetarian for like 15 years and then I was a vegan. And so it kind of has been a personal journey of mine. Uh, I was, you know, a vegetarian and then cutting leather and cutting fur. And I felt very weird about it. Like it just didn't sit well. And then there's been a million documentaries and I've seen so much stuff yeah. and I just was looking into more and more and wasn't comfortable with the space. Uh, and it also was a journey because now fabric has changed so much and you're getting all these biodegradable things, like you said, and all these great vegan leathers and these options to go recycled. But kind of when I started, it wasn't um, really a thing. Like even faux, faux fur when I started was just like really crappy. Like it said that really like fake, fake feel and it's getting better and it's beautiful now. It's in just like, you can't tell it from real fur, but it's kind of been a, both of them have been a personal kind of goal of mine always. And I'm happy to be able to do it now. So yeah. No, it's, it's super impressive that it can kind of be combined into one entity, but that is your brand. And, you know, just touching on the cruelty-free material for, for a second, I have like one of your, not one of the bomber jackets, the motorcycle jacket, and it's a faux like leather. And I get so many compliments on it. And, and the other thing I would say that I really love about your line, and I think it makes sense that you said in school, they're not taught how to grade larger because I think for a period of time, there was, you know, plus size clothing was just kind of like, looked like moo-moos in a way, yeah. right? Like it was, there was no shape, there was no silhouette. And with your brand, like it doesn't feel like that whatsoever. Like it absolutely feels like it's made to enhance the body, no matter what size you are. And so I've, and I, I, it seems like hopefully the industry goes a little more that way because it's not just about like an oversized t-shirt, right? I also find that there's there's kind of like that oversized trend in general now that it's also not showing the body. So ha- I, yeah, like what's the, where's the happy balance, I guess, in between there, right? But I, I was listening to uh, influencer, plus size influencer, and she was talking about like, if you can make an oversized blazer, why can't you make me an oversized, like for plus blazer? Like it's essentially like, it looks like if I wanted to wear it kind of as a, you know, not oversized, but as like a fitting for me, she's like, you can do it, but you're not. So like this whole thing, I can't do it. doesn't really make sense because that oversized trend is so huge. So it's just, I think people get stuck in their ways and brands get complacent. And I think that's a big part of it. There is, if you're a smaller brand, access to money is a huge one. Um, you know, yeah. if you didn't start out as a plus brand, you started out as kind of like a two to 10 brand, then growing can be expensive. A little bit more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. But that's also, it can be an excuse, right? So. Yeah. Have you found this, the size inclusive plus size space besides it obviously changing from when you went to school, have Mm -hmm. you found that, you know, we've made progress there? Like, is I would say yes. Right. Like, is that fair to say? So I think a lot of younger brands are really interested in going into kind of larger sizes you know, and then I speak with people in that, in that space and talking to them and, you know, there is such a, like, there's so much more that we need to do to get to a better space. I think, you know, we're making waves and things are starting to be, and like there's certain partnerships that are happening and brands are kind of taking on like plus size higher end clothing, which originally like, you know, you'd have to shop at like a Walmart or something to get something 
in a larger sizing. Mm -hmm. So I think it's Mm -hmm. getting there, but you know, even stuff like, you know, there's certain stores that you can only buy their plus size online. Like if you go to their stores, they don't have it. And I think that's a big miss. And, and that's kind of a perception of what maybe these brands think plus size is, or it's that they don't want fashion or, you know, they're not going to go to the store maybe because they're self-conscious, which is not the case. Like these women just want to dress in beautiful clothing and like, let them like, yeah. Yeah. While we know all women are different and beautiful in their own ways, it sometimes feels like the menstrual product industry doesn't celebrate us in the same way, except Diva International, makers of the Diva Cup. The Diva Cup is offered in three different sizes and sizes are suggested based on flow levels. Not sure what size is best for you? You can take the quiz on their website and find your size. Keep up with the latest from Diva. Follow at the Diva Cup and at Kareen Diva Cup. What do you, what do you find about your customers? Like, are they in, cause you offer kind of something for everyone, I guess, but do you find you skew one way or the other when it comes to sizing or, you know, is your, is your population more in the plus size market or. So we're kind of all over the place. Um, I would say like from this extra small to an extra large, our most popular size probably is around a medium. And then for a one X to four X, it's around a two X is our most popular you know, goals are to go up higher. Cause I know this is also a big conversation in the community is to be size inclusive. You can't just say you go up to a 26 or a 28, you need to kind of push it further, which I agree with. So, you know, working towards these goals is something big for us, but I would say, you know, the most important thing has been education for us and educating our consumer about our fit and showing, you know, giving the access information as much information as possible and then letting them come talk to us. Like if they want to return something and the size didn't work for them, like I want to know why and kind of aggregating that data and making better and better um, is kind of always my goal. Do you, so, cause do you get a lot of that exposure to the the direct customer and get a lot of that feedback? Because I would imagine that's super important when it comes to this market. I always ask for it. Uh, so, yeah. you know, we do get a, like a bit, we don't get as much as I would hope for. Uh, we pull in a lot of kind of people from the community um, and we, you know, pay them to do fittings with us. And I always kind of get their feedback um, kind of on when they're wearing the clothes, what do they feel like? Uh, so that's kind of how we get a lot of our um, stuff is pulling women from the community and, you know, not just someone that's like six foot tall and, you know, the perfect proportion right. of a plus size person. And, you know, you want someone who carries their weight differently because everyone carries their weight in different spaces. So you want to try mm-hmm. it on as many bodies as possible. Well, I think that's really interesting, right? Is that you can see someone who maybe, and they always have those comparison of these people all weigh the same, but their bodies look so different. So how do you, gosh, how do you design for something like that? Right? Like how, is it, is it possible to, uh, for one piece to accommodate everyone's body type? Probably maybe not. I, yeah, I think that's the reality of it, right? Yeah. Even if you're a size two, not every size two is going to want to wear the same thing. And then, you know, you could say like maybe stretchy clothes could fit everybody, but then, you know, you know, I don't like wearing stretchy clothes, so that doesn't work for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. so I think it totally depends. My advice for everyone is, you know, some, some brands aren't going to be your fit. So just kind of keep looking around or, you know, get a tailor. That's the biggest thing or learn to sew, you know, there you go. Hem things yourself, but no, you know, we just try and take as much data and then find the, the happy medium between everybody to get uh, where we're going. But it's definitely, you know, like some people carry their weight in their hips and not in their bus. So like a dress might, you might have to get it tailored into the bus part because everyone's different. It's just, Well, there's all yeah. the different body shapes, right? Like pear versus apple versus, yeah. is there any like style tips you could give if you are maybe like a, a pear shape versus what is it? Um, more of a a rounded pit. Yeah. Is there, is there kind of tried and true things that you can share? 
So there definitely are like certain style techniques you can, you can use. So like if you're, if your pair, you know, they always say like accentuate your waist. So, you know, get something high waisted and, you know, show off your shoulders and your arms because it's generally the smallest part of your body. And if you're Apple, uh, you want to, you know, wear tighter pants because you usually have smaller legs and then wear like a more um, oversized shirt. But I also think that, you know, you wear things that are flattering that to you. So like there are certain tried and true things I think you should do, but also like have fun with fashion. And I don't think you always have to look like a perfect, you know, hourglass or the version of that to like love fashion and be wearing what you're wearing. If you want to wear like an oversized mini dress, that's like got huge puffy sleeves, but you're an apple and they say, that's not really what you're supposed to wear. Like who cares? Just wear it and like, love it. Like you, know, you feel good in it. Right. Yeah. I don't yeah. know this dressing yeah. for your body type thing. It doesn't really like, I think some people love it and that's great. I'm uh, like, it's not something that I necessarily subscribe to always, but. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and I think the message too is obviously like loving yourself and loving your body. And you are so big on female and women empowerment. Can you tell us, you know, I feel like I know a little bit of what you've done in that space, but I'd love to go into that and, and give you some time to tell us about what you've done. Cause you've done some amazing, not only collaborations, but give backs to organizations. And, and things like that. Yeah. So I actually all started, I went to the women's March in Washington. When was this like maybe three or four years ago, maybe four or five, whatever. I'm old. <laughs> I don't I'm even know old. what year it is. So <laughs> right. <laughs> I keep writing 2020 down and it's not, not 2020. So I went to the women's March with the first ones in Washington with some of my friends. And, uh, it was like the most beautiful, like support of women empowerment and like seeing everyone there together and these conversations that were starting and there was like a hundred million signs and it was just this kind of like beautiful display of unity for women and and I've always been all about that I am a big proponent of equal rights and um, you know women asking for what they deserve and pushing themselves in their careers and um, you know all these different kind of things that we as women want to do, you know, breaking the glass ceiling. So it's always been something that I've been interested in. And I always wanted to tie, I wanted to tie it into my fashion a little bit. And I was kind of figuring out ways uh, to do that. So then comes Women's March. And I like loved how everyone was kind of wearing on their sleeve and they were kind of unapologetically shouting out from the rooftops that they were feminists. And that's always been something that I like doing. So we created like a line of uh, varsity jackets and um, it didn't seem authentic to me to create something without giving back to women and giving back to our community, especially I'm all about local and, you know, kind of support the Canadian economy. So I wanted to give back to especially Canadian charities. So we created these ones. We started off with feminists and equal pay and girl power. Those were not even girl power. What was the third one? I know there was a third one. And then it's kind of snowballed into a whole bunch of other different ones. Um, And then, you know, we reimagined them in 2021, the beginning and did a collaboration with the Birds Papaya and she picked a saying. And then, so with those, we've been able to give back 50% of all of our profits to Up With Women and Black Women in Motion, which are Toronto-based charities, but help across Canada. And they really support um, at-risk women in the community, Um, both do slightly different things, but the goal of it is to support women and so it's, they're great, amazing charities. Everyone should go check them out. But I don't know, it just seemed like something I always wanted to do. So I was lucky that I was able to. Yeah, I didn't realize that that came from the Women's March. That kind yeah. of makes sense now that you're saying it. And you didn't you have some great celebrities wearing them as well? Yeah, so we have Don't Tell Me to Smile, um, which oh, right. you know, is a tried and true favorite of mine, just because even today, some men don't get it. So, you know wear that out there and Victoria Beckham wore it, which I think is really on par with her brand. Yeah. Um, That's perfect match there. Yeah. Yeah, Right. 
So we were really excited when she wore it on city line. So it was really, really awesome. That's so fun. No. And I, I think that's definitely become that varsity jacket is something that you and the brand have become known for. Absolutely. Do you, you know, when you said you felt all that power at, at the woman's March and do you feel like we're making progress, whether it's in size inclusivity, whether it's in women's right issues. Cause I, you know, there's definitely conversations I think to be had around two brands that maybe throw a few token models in there, mm-hmm. you know, that might be either of diverse background or diverse size or something like that. Do you, what's your thoughts on that? I think we're getting better, obviously, you know, as time goes on, things get better. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the pandemic hit women disproportionately more than it hit men, uh, especially with job loss and, you know, they're calling it the Cisha session. I never say that correctly. Um, (laughs) So, you know, you think we're making these big strides and then it's two steps back, but you know, luckily it's three, four, two back. So at least we're advancing one, you know, even the Me Too movement was really great. So I think we're getting there. I hear stories all the time about, you know, uh, just wage, wage inequality and the pay gap and, um, you know, stuff, even like the way that women are taught to, you know, deal with sexual violence and just stuff like this and disproportionately affected and how domestic violence was so big for women during the pandemic. And so it feels like we're doing better, but then you hear these things that pushes us back. So I think, you know, we always need to be on our toes and push the work forward and mm-hmm. support each other. I think that's the biggest thing too, is, you know, you see a lot of social media is other women tearing other women down. And I think that we need to be here to support each other and, you know, give space for voices. I think that's really important. And then diversity, like, you know, to be a feminist, you have to understand that intersectional feminism is huge. And to understand that like there within the feminist space, there is just the disproportionately affects, you know, black women, Hispanic women more than white women and in terms of like wage inequality and So like that's why I think that's really important if you're kind of talking in that in the feminist space and, you know, you're part of that community. And then for, you know, representation, I think it's important for all brands to kind of represent everybody like showing, you know, that's why I think size inclusivity is important and showing that off in your photos and trying to get women of different sizes and different races and different backgrounds, different ages, um, I know that's been kind of a goal of ours is to, you know, over the next years to kind of get different, different ages and show that because fashion generally is, you know, most of the models are 18. So I think it's important. I don't love tokenism. I think it should be like kind of authentic. So, you know, that's part of your brand ethos or if it's not, it should be. So, you know, take a hard look if it's not, but I know, I think, yeah, you should just be representative. With fashion weeks in full swing, it is out with the old and in with the new. Now is the time to get caught up, even with your period products. The Diva Cup is a top-selling menstrual cup brand worldwide with over 750,000 plus five-star reviews on Amazon. Made from 100% medical-grade silicone, it is a durable, waste-free option for periods. And just like Hellery's extended sizes, the Diva Cup is made in three different sizes to accommodate any flow level. To learn more on how the Diva Cup is made and why to make the switch, check out their website, divacup.com. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. My best friend and I were having this conversation a little while ago, and I, I guess the first step is 
showing more representation in, in even if that really honestly is just on Instagram mm-hmm. or which, which could be seen as tokenism definitely. But at the same time, like I think of myself as a young girl and I don't know if we're about the same age maybe, but do you remember like the young and modern magazine and like teen, like you never saw diversity in those Ever. things. So the fact that at least, you know, at the minimum, we have channels like Instagram where we can see that we're not all skinny white blonde women is, is to me a little bit of progress in a generation. At least there's other like images out there, but yes, when it comes to a brand and a company perspective, absolutely kind of understand what you're saying. And I think though, as much as there is some of those images, like, I don't know if it's just cause I'm in the world a little bit more now, but like the beauty and f- the beauty industry, maybe I'll say specifically, my gosh, like in terms, I bought, I, the other day I, I was buying this like lash, um, like a lash serum. And that was like a primer to my mascara. And then it's like, you know, a primer to the primer, to the, to the top coat, to the, and I'm like, oh my gosh, how many things were selling women when it comes to, you know, maybe not size inclusivity, but just body image in general is like alarming. (laughs) Yeah. I also think the pandemic, like everyone kind of went online to promote stuff. So it's like in our faces even more these days, but yeah, yeah, you get like a million things. Like look at these different spanks, look at those, like, you know, whatever, all these face stuff. And, you know, we're all guilty of using it. Of course, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, you want to feel good about yourself in whatever way that is, but it is a little bit in your face, but you know, Instagram's been great. Like you know, I'm, I'm so happy it's here as much as there are trolls and there's haters. There's also like this huge community of women coming together through Instagram and connecting with each other over, you know, people might live in like the States and LA and someone in like Nova Scotia is connecting with mm-hmm. different communities. So I think it's really great for that and fostering, you know, representation. So yeah, I agree with you. Instagram's a great yeah. like tool. How do you, are you able to bring together your community, like your brand community at all right now, whether it's virtually or I'm sure in person you you're able to in the past, but are you able to do a lot of that? It's harder. I would say, uh, we kind of connect with a lot of people like over Instagram. So like we get a ton of DMS and we try our best to kind of engage with everyone that we can, um, it's kind of like mm-hmm. it's gone to little things like asking people their opinions on little quizzes and sending out like emails and asking people their, their opinions and trying to connect that way. But it's tougher. Yeah, it's easier kind of in person, but that also limits you then to only kind of people within Toronto as well, whereas right. the global community now, so it's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. And what, so for the, you know, this, this rest of this year, I guess, what do you, what do you guys have coming up? We got a lot of stuff. Um, We kind of changed our whole strategy when 2020 kind of hit us. Okay. Yeah. So we kind of focused more direct to consumer. We were doing like about 50, 50 wholesale consumer isn't consumerism direct to consumer. Um, And so we changed it a little bit to focus more on to consumer. So with that, it's more drops and more mini collections. So we're working on six this year instead of our like standard two. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. So it's been, so they're smaller. They're not like as big, but um to just create things that are exciting for the, the customer. Yeah. Um, so we're releasing our second lounge pretty soon. And um, I'm really excited. I'm a huge fan of outerwear for fall. I just, I think fall. I love your outerwear. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I remember I some of those pieces. Whole, yeah. It's just to me such a great, I'm like not always dressing the most colorful. I wish I did more, but I always like really out loud outerwear. It's kind of just something that I like feel comfortable with where I'm wearing like all black underneath. Um, yeah. So we're doing like a coat edit this year and we're launching it in October. So that'll be kind of more, you know, just coats and for winter, which we're really excited about. Whereas before we kind of absorbed that into our fall collection and didn't release as many. So 
it's also more relevant you know we're in Canada and it's freezing so it's cold yeah Yeah, are you seeing (laughs) yeah it's cold are you seeing people because you know I think there's been a lot of talk about the fashion system and you mentioned you you used to do two collections now you're doing six are your customers gravitating towards that was is it working for you from a business perspective yeah so 2020 was pretty good for us um which you know is you know hard to sometimes say just because so many people had a hard a hard time but yeah. uh, we saw a big uptick in growth uh, and so that's kind of why we're taking on this strategy and pushing it forward even more we had to be really like lean last year and pivot really quickly so we kind of changed things on the fly quicker and 2021 we were able to kind of plan more i didn't think we'd still be in a lockdown um, so far into the year, but here we are. So, you know, it's working. It was a good plan because 2020 was kind of shaping out to be like 2020. So yeah. 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 <laughs> Your plan worked. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so excited to see, to see that outerwear coming out. I mean, mm-hmm. I love, I love the one jacket and I know from that last collection that I saw anyway, there were some beautiful pieces. So excited for that. Yeah. Thanks. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And we're definitely looking forward to continue the conversation on Style Canada and see what you have kind of coming coming up next. Thank you for tuning into this conversation. We will have a brand new one on a brand new topic every Monday. If you were intrigued by anything in our conversation, we encourage you to talk about it. Tell a friend, post on social media, take action in your very own way. Subscribe to get the newest episode at your fingertips as soon as it drops. Until next time, check out Style Canada, a disruptor in the media for its community of inquisitive style seekers. You can find us at style.ca or on social media. Just like this podcast, Style Canada is not just about style. It's about living a lifestyle that leaves people open to evolution and opportunity. This episode was hosted by Elise Gasparino, produced and edited by Alia Ballas. The music credit goes to Raspberry Music and was brought to you by Style Canada. Music